the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is uh, John Ventura, uh, who is a nationally known consumer law and attorney, and particularly an expert on the area of debt. Uh, he is the executive director of the Texas Consumer Complaint Center at the University of Houston Law School, and also associate professor at the law school, in addition to being an author on 18 different books related to consumer finance and debt. And his latest two books are one called The Bankruptcy Handbook, Everything You Need to Know About Avoiding Bankruptcy, Getting Out of Debt, and Rebuilding Your Credit. And then he's got another one called Managing Debt for Dummies. We'll talk about both of them. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me on again, Jordan. Let's just start a little bit about the current uh, environment uh, for debt, and particularly as it relates to uh, mortgages. Uh, I think we saw some numbers recently that the number of foreclosures has gone over a million. Uh, wh- what is causing all these foreclosures uh, you know, much at a much faster pace than in the past? Well, uh, before I answer that, actually the number is is over two million. Oh. Uh, we've had over two million. This is a reality uh, realty track uh, reported this recently, but we had a seventy five percent increase in foreclosures last year, uh, and it was over two million foreclosures. And they expect that the uh, in two thousand and eight that it will be even higher. It'll be uh, past two million. Uh, and, and climbing. Uh, you're saying so an additional is, 2 million foreclosures in 2008, is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, that's correct. And uh-huh. It's a serious, serious problem. Now, getting to the issue of about why it's happening, uh, what happened was that uh, for a long time, uh, buying property was a good investment. Uh, you know, you could almost count on the, the property going up in value. Uh, if you ever got in trouble making payments, uh, then you you felt comfortable that you could sell the property, uh, not lose anything, and actually make money on it. Now, a combination of the value going down so that it wasn't easy to go ahead and sell property, you've lost your equity, and the fact that uh, many, many consumers uh, signed up for mortgages that had adjustable rates, and those adjustable rates have, have uh, reset, and in some instances, we have situations where people were paying uh, a certain amount on a house, and then it doubled. And in most cases, uh, having your house payment double is just almost impossible to deal with. Uh, it's a very difficult situa- situation, especially when you can't sell the property. Now, supposedly the government has come up with various kinds of programs to forestall these increases in uh, mortgage payments and, uh, you know, the- all the different things they've announced. Hasn't this uh, solved the problem? No, it hasn't solved the problem. In fact, some of the things that are uh, out there in Congress uh, that could have a drastic effect on this uh, is still uh, struggling through Congress. In fact, uh, the, the major thing, the major change would be a law that, that's uh, proposing that bankruptcy judges have the power to rewrite the notes on these houses. And, and what they would be given the right to do is uh, say that you owe a hundred thousand dollars on a piece of property and it's worth eighty thousand. They literally could rewrite the note for the lower amount, eighty thousand dollars. They could change adjustable rate interest so that it's a flat rate uh, and something that a debtor could afford, and, uh, and 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 make it easier for that person to stay in their property. The problem is 
that Congress is, is pushing ahead on this, but the president says that if it gets to him, uh, he's going to veto it, and that means it's going to have to go back to Congress if they're going to override the veto. What would uh, be the effect of that on the mortgage market if that, in fact, went into effect? Well, you know, actually, uh, it may be a stabilizing factor. The big, the big problem right now is uh, that so many homes are going back to the mortgage companies that are below the value of what's owed on them that the mortgage companies are losing money. If you're able to keep people in the homes uh, and, you know, they're paying an interest rate that literally uh, is going to make money for that mortgage company, maybe not as much as they anticipated, but they're still going to make a profit on the deal, it's, it's actually good for the mortgage company and for the debtor. I mean, some would say that having the government or a bankruptcy judge kind of changing the contract several years into it um, is kind of abrogating contracts uh, <laughs> in a way that is not going to give mortgage investors much confidence about investing in these things in the future. Oh, yeah. And in fact, you can already see that where the credit market is tightening up. But, you know, uh, really, uh, the bankruptcy court has a long history of doing this exact thing. Uh, even before the changes in the 2005 uh, uh, laws as it relates to bankruptcy, the bankruptcy judge had the right to do things like rewrite a mortgage, like, for instance, on a car. Uh, uh, this changed in 2005, but before that, uh, a judge could, a bankruptcy judge, in order to keep the person in a car, would allow the, the debtor to pay just the value of the car, not what was owed, plus interest stretched out over five years, and that allowed people uh, to keep their cars and 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 it would seem that uh, the mark, uh, the uh, lender would lose money on it, but in fact they didn't lose money on it. Uh, they just made less profit on it. So, so there's this a has never been of doing this, is, it. this has never been true with mortgages, and this new law, although President Bush is proposing vetoing it, if that were to happen, this would be the first time that judges would able to be cha- to be able to change mortgages. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely true. That that's true. Uh, before, uh, actually, the way the law works right now. If you were to file bankruptcy and you had problems paying on your mortgage, you actually can get some help now, but not as much help as this new legislation is proposing. Like, for instance, let's say that you got two or three months behind, you're facing a foreclosure on your house, it was something that happened, like you lost your job, but now you have a job. You really can't afford it, but you, uh, can afford the mortgage, but you just can't catch up with those back payments, and the mortgage company is not giving you enough relief to be able to uh, save your house. You can actually go into bankruptcy now, file a Chapter 13, which is a reorganization, and take the back payments on that house and stretch them out for five years. And and uh, the mortgage companies are not able to give that kind of a break to people in private negotiations, and there's a reason for that. Most mortgage companies do not own the notes, and they're limited on how much they can work out with people because the notes are actually owned uh, by investors on Wall Street. And, and those are spread all over the place, so it's not as though you can get them together easily and, and f- change the notes. Right, and, 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 and in order for those to become uh, investment uh, 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 instruments, uh, what they had to promise the investors was that there was going to be a limitation on what a mortgage servicer could work out with a consumer uh, because they didn't want their the profit in that investment uh, uh instrument to lower. So they, they put some uh, requirements on what a mortgage uh, uh, servicer can do. So they can't give you long payouts. I mean, uh, most of them are only going to give you a workout for like 
three months or six months, uh, in extreme cases, 12 months, but nothing like what the bankruptcy court could do, which is stretching the thing out for five years. So you're saying you think it is a good idea, the legislation going through Congress you think would be a good idea? You know, I, I think it would. Uh, you know, I, I know that it's, uh, uh, it's never been done before, uh, and I know the mortgage industry is nervous about it, but, you know, the mortgage industry is in trouble right now. If they don't get some, something that's going to actually work, they're just going to be in more trouble as far as I'm concerned. Do those mortgage companies really want all those uh, houses that, that have dropped in value? Do they want them in their inventory? Do they want to take those losses? Probably not. <laughs> They've already taken a lot, and a lot of the mortgage companies themselves have, have gone under. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's, it's historic, really. I've never seen anything like this. I, I, I practiced bankruptcy for more than 30 years, and I have never seen uh, a situation that presents itself with the mortgage companies today. I, 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 it's just an amazing thing. So um, let's talk about the bankruptcy handbook a little bit. Um, let's go through the, the process briefly of how people in this kind of circumstance should go through it. And maybe let's just start with uh, what changed with the bankruptcy law that went into effect in 2005. What were the main differences between before and after that law as somebody entering the bankruptcy process? Well, uh, one thing, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the top things that changed. One, one thing that changed was that most people... Uh, that were looking at people going through bankruptcy were saying, you know, it's really too easy for them. They really can pay their debt. What we need is a way for them uh, to force them to see a credit counseling agency before they file bankruptcy. So now what's required under the new law, and it wasn't so in the old law, is that in order for you to even think about filing bankruptcy, you have to go to an approved credit counseling service, and you can find that out by going... Uh, uh, I mean, contacting the uh, bankruptcy court in your area, they have a list of the ones that have been approved. But you have to go to them and have them assess what your situation is, see if there's some other alternative in bankruptcy. And then in order for you to file bankruptcy, they have to give you a certificate that allows you to do that. If you don't have that certificate, you can't file bankruptcy. So that's one of the changes. So let's just go one at a time. So what has been the actual effect of that? Have a lot of people gone to credit counseling, not got the certificate, and not gone through bankruptcy because credit counseling found a way out of it? You know, uh, the, unfortunately, the fact is, uh, you know, looking uh, at two and a half years past uh, the change in the law, uh, it did not stop most of the people that needed to file bankruptcy to file bankruptcy. What, what, what was happening was that uh, even though the, these people went to credit counseling services, uh, they found themselves in such uh, dire straits, such terrible situation, that it was really past the time that something could be worked out with a credit counseling agency. They were about to lose a house, about to lose a car, uh, they were being uh, garnished, uh, their wages garnished, and they were being attacked by the IRS. So in most instances, uh, uh, people were just sent, um, given the certificate and sent to file bankruptcy. It did save some, uh, mm -hmm. but not the large numbers that was expected. But it has slowed down the process. People can't go straight to bankruptcy. They have to go through this credit counseling, which itself takes some time to do. You know, uh, that, uh, it, it, you have to get that certificate within six months of filing. Uh, but my experience with people is that they, uh, if they're in a, a desperate situation, they're panicking, they're not thinking straight, um, a lot of people, a lot of people wait to the last minute uh, to try to save themselves like in a bankruptcy. 
And so now uh, it's possible that if you find yourself in that situation and you're literally days away from a foreclosure, all you have to do is go to your uh, bankruptcy attorney, and they have a, a phone number that you can call. Uh, within 15 minutes, you can do the interview, and, they, and a, a certificate to allow the filing can be emailed or, or faxed to the attorney. Uh, you can go online now. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, the way it, it has evolved and the way it exists right now is not what I think was intended at all. Uh, and, uh, but the, it, it's paying attention to the actuality, the truth of the situation, which is a lot of people wait to the last minute. They need the bankruptcy help. And in order to get it, they're going to need that certificate. So uh, companies have been formed to give them that certificate as quickly as possible. So uh, the original intent of this was to say, you know, there are alternatives to bankruptcy. If you go through credit counseling, you really won't have to do it. Right. That, that in fact, like what percentage of people go into this, get these certificates? Is it like 99% or what does it roughly work out to be? Uh, you know, it's 100%. They, that certificate is required. The, the real question is how many of them uh, 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 pay attention to all of this, what's happening to them, and actually go two or three months before they file to really get a full analysis, to really get an understanding of what their options are, and having some ability to try to avoid bankruptcy. And, uh, Not too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, we'll, we'll come back. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show again, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who's got a new book out called Managing Debt for Dummies. He's also got one out called The Bankruptcy Handbook. Uh, we're delving into the fascinating uh, situation we have with debt in this country today. We'll be back after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent in 
purchase both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who is a debt expert. Uh, He's got two new books out, one called The Bankruptcy Handbook, uh, which is published by uh, Kaplan. Another one is called Managing Debt for Dummies, uh, which is by uh, Ventura Reed. And uh, we're talking about the whole debt situation and particularly how things have changed since the new bankruptcy law went into effect in 2005. Let's just finish that thought we had, uh, John. Uh, we were saying that people, before being able to declare bankruptcy these days, have to get this certificate that they've gone through credit counseling. But you're saying the reality is a lot of people are going as a panic. They're doing it at the last minute, and 100% of them get it anyway. So it's not really stopping anybody from declaring bankruptcy. To, that, to that's us. absolutely right. Uh, most people don't realize that they have to get the certificate. Uh, they're not educated about it, so they don't get the counseling within the six months. Uh, they wait. Uh, they're all hopeful that there's, they're going to find a way to stop a foreclosure, stop a repossession. And when they can't and they wait to the last minute and they're going into a uh, bankruptcy attorney's uh, office with actual repo guys circling the building, then uh, there, there's not the time to give real credit counseling. So they go through a process, quick process, over the phone or over the Internet and get that certificate. So most of the people that are uh, getting the counseling are filing bankruptcy. So what is the right way to do it? If you're kind of heading that direction uh, months before you get to the end, in theory that's the way you should be oh, going yeah, credit absolutely. counseling. What, what is the right way to do it? Well, the right way to do it is uh, people uh, need to understand there, all the options that are available for you to work out things with creditors, the majority of those options are available before you go into default. So what you have to do is uh, uh, when you start to see yourself in the future not being able to afford something like a mortgage payment, uh, when you still have good credit while you're still paying the mortgage company, that's the time to go to and get the best deals. You know, uh, and you'll have more options open to you. What what happens though is people think that uh, you know something's going to save them. They get past the time where they're actually defaulting, and and the the longer they default, the fewer options that are open for a person to really save themselves. Yeah, and I'd heard that, I'd heard somewhere that something like fifty percent of all foreclosures happen where there's been no communication between the lender and the borrower. That's absolutely true. Like for instance. Uh, you know, I, I have a list of probably the major mortgage companies in the country with phone numbers to their loss mitigation offices, and I bet that most people, a lot of people that are uh, that are listening, uh, if they know somebody that's in a mortgage foreclosure situation, I bet the person that's in that situation doesn't know that they can call the loss mitigation office of the mortgage company to try to work things out. Another thing that most people don't know is that HUD has approved uh, 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 housing counselors, housing counseling agencies all over the country, uh, and this is a service that's for free, 
that will help negotiate and work out things with uh, a mortgage company. I can give the 800 number for that right now. Sure, go ahead. It's 1-800-569-4287, and that's to the HUD-approved housing counseling agencies. If you call them, they will tell you the agency in your area that can actually help you work things out. But uh, for them to do a good job and actually save you so that you don't have to file bankruptcy, you have to contact them way in advance of a possible foreclosure. And see, most people don't do that. They're doing it the last-minute scramble kind of thing. Yeah, and, you know, the the big problem is, uh, except for the people that are listening to your show, uh, most people don't know the resources out there that can help them. Yeah. All right, let's go through some of the other changes that were put into effect by the 2005 uh, bill. The first one was you have to mandatory credit counseling. You have to get the certificate before you can do it. What are some of the other ones? Uh, the, The other big one was that there was this belief that people were filing bankruptcy uh, and wiping out debt when they really could afford to pay uh, their creditors. That was in the media a lot, and that was one of the reasons to make the changes in the law. So what they did uh, after 2005 is call, create what they call the means test. And the means test is a test that's given by the bankruptcy attorney when you first go in, and, and the result of that test will determine whether you can file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, which just wipes out debt, or are you going to be forced into a Chapter 13, which requires you to pay something towards your debt over a period of time? And, and the compli- it's, it's a complicated uh, test, uh, and it's always changing about how it's done. It's specifically about what you can deduct and, and what your income is and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is that if you have $100 left over that you can afford to pay, $100 or more, that you can afford to pay your creditors, then you're not going to be able to file a chapter, thir- uh, chapter 7 just to wipe out debt. You're going to be forced into a reorganization. Now, again, in theory, that all made sense, uh, except uh, in reality, this is what happened. Uh, if you, uh, in order to do the means test, you, your income level had to be above a certain amount, and then you were forced to do the uh, means test. If it was below a certain amount, you didn't have to uh, do the means test. You could file Chapter 7 just like you did before and all the rest. Well, in actuality, what happened was that uh, the idea was good, but most of the people that were filing, their incomes were so low, they didn't have to do the means test. And they were able to file Chapter 7 bankruptcies anyway. And so you didn't see, over the past three years, a big uh, increase in Chapter 13. There was a reorganization. There was some increase, uh, but not the drastic increases that they expected. Uh, you know, we're still at the point right now where half the people that file bankruptcy are filing Chapter 7 bankruptcies just to wipe out debt because they just don't have anything, have any money or assets. Uh, that would allow them to pay towards those debts. My impression was that right as we came into the deadline in October 2005, there were people lining up around buildings around the block and kind of doing these last-minute, you know, drive-through bankruptcy kind of things. (laughs) I would think those were not like destitute poor people. They had income, but they just had debts much bigger than their income. Is that not what happened? Yeah, I think that's what happened, and I think everybody was afraid about how uh, the law was going to be applied uh, and so uh, all the people that were thinking ahead that they were going to have to file bankruptcy anyway, they all filed in those few months before October uh, 2005. And I, I, quite frankly, 
I know bankruptcy practitioners that were working 20 hours a day to keep up with the number of cases. And literally after October 2005, they had no cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of cases that were filed, uh, it was it, normally we were going from a million and a half up. Uh, it went over 2 million bankruptcies in October of 2005 for that year. And then afterwards, it dropped, dropped down to something like 500,000 bankruptcies a year. But now it's climbing again. In the last 20, I mean, last 12 months, we've had an increase of 40% in the number of bankruptcies filed in the United States. And we're, we're up there close to a million again. So it, was it a misperception on the part of those people that rushed to bankruptcy that the laws were going to change so they wouldn't be able to file? Yeah, I think it was because uh, there was nothing. It, the law was so new. It had never been tested. They didn't know how the means test was going to be applied. So they didn't want to take any chances. Uh, so they wanted to get in under the new law. And quite frankly, even bankruptcy practitioners didn't know how it was going to be uh, actually work out. Uh, they had to work out all, all the kinks in that first year after 2005 on how the means test was actually going to be applied. But ultimately what happened was uh, the way it was applied, they found out that most people just didn't have big incomes that filed bankruptcy. They were working-class people, and uh, so the means test didn't matter. So what was the percentage of Chapter 13 versus 7 before the bankruptcy law and and since then, just roughly? You know, uh, before, uh, there was uh, quite a few few more Chapter 7 bankruptcies, which is the liquidation. Uh, You were looking at something like, uh, 60, 70 percent of the bankruptcies that were filed uh, were Chapter 7s, and the rest were Chapter 13s. After 2005, uh, that got closer to 50-50. Okay? There was an increase. But it definitely, what, they, what the legislators thought was that there was going to be a, uh, a, an inversion of those numbers, that you would have a lot fewer people filing Chapter 7, a lot more uh, people filing Chapter 13s, and that just didn't happen. I mean, supposedly the idea behind this was uh, that the banks wouldn't be taking these losses they were taking before from these abusive debtors. In fact, I think the law was called the Debtor Abuse Prevention Act or something like that, that right? That's exactly right. And then they, um, so they wouldn't be hit, get hit by these losses, and therefore the banks would free up a lot more credit at cheaper prices because they didn't have to take these losses of all these abusive debtors. Did anything like that happen? No, it didn't happen. And, and I'll tell you why, it was really strange how it all occurred. Like, for instance, the big proponents of this change in the law were the big credit card companies. Uh, they were saying, oh, gosh, we're losing so much money. You know, we need to tighten things up. We need to force people to pay us. And secure creditors like cars and houses, they were, you know, they were getting paid anyway because they had collateral. Well, one of the things that was hap- what ha- that would happen was the car companies saw an opportunity in this new law to get more money for themselves. And what they did was they lobbied for a part of that law to be changed. Uh, before 2005, uh, what, what happened in car situations was a cram down. The debtor got to pay the value of the car. If it was worth 10000 I mean, and, and they owed 15000 they got to pay the, the 10000 plus interest stretched out over five years. That cram down had been in existence since 1978. Okay? When this law changed, they made sure the provision, there was a provision in there that there was not going to be any cram down 
at all. You had to pay what you owed on that debt uh, to keep your car. So in that uh, case, it would have been fifteen thousand. Yeah, fifteen thousand. So it's kind of like a short sale in, in the mortgage area. Yeah. So what happened before they were uh, uh, required to take ten thousand? Now they're going to get the full amount of their debt. It's okay. You can finish. Go ahead. And so they're getting the full amount of their debt as opposed to having that loss, and that's where you say the car companies made more on this thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to take a break and be back. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who's a professor of uh, law at the University of Houston Law School. He's written two books recently called The Bankruptcy Handbook and Managing Debt for Dummies. Uh, we'll be back after this to talk more about debt. We'll be back. Line in Business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit. And grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker, The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, The Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who is a professor at the law school at the University of Houston. Uh, he's also executive director of the Texas Consumer Complaint Center. Uh, and he is an expert on debt. He's written a book called The Bankruptcy Handbook by Kaplan Publishing and another book called Managing Debt for Dummies. Uh, we were just talking, John, about uh, the, the cram down. Let's just finish that thought about 
before yeah. uh, the uh, cramdowns meant that the car companies would lose money after uh, things changed. Explain how that worked a little bit. Well, uh, the way it worked was before 2005 and the change in the law, uh, there was a cramdown. Car uh, companies, the lenders, uh, when a person went into Chapter 13 bankruptcy, got less because the debtor was allowed to pay just the value of the car. And we all know that as soon as you drive a car off the showroom floor, it, it depreciates. So car companies were losing thousands of dollars uh, on those loans. Now, when they changed the law, they were very perceptive. What they did was they insisted that there would be no cram down or a very limited cram down in the new t- uh, 2005 laws. And that was great. Nobody, Everybody was for that. Uh, unfortunately, what happened uh, for the unsecured creditors like the uh, credit card companies was that uh, when a debtor was paying, all that happened was it shifted more money to the secure creditors, the car companies, which meant that there was less money for the credit card companies. So, in essence, because the secure creditors uh, were asking for more concessions in that law, ultimately the credit card companies uh, are now worse off than they were before the 2005 uh, change in the law because they're receiving less money. It's all going to the to the car companies. So the theory behind this whole law was that uh, this is going to ease up credit for consumers. Consumer uh, credit card companies will have more uh, credit available because they won't be taking these losses. In fact, it's been the opposite. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, Jordan, one of the things that most people... You know, when we talk about these things, the losses of the credit card companies, uh, you know, we need to put that in perspective because most people don't realize what the default rate is for credit card companies in this country. And, uh, and it has been the same, around the same, for years. The default rate for credit cards in this country is around 4%. And what that means is that 96% of the people are paying their credit cards on time. It's only 4% who are not. So the credit card companies are surviving. They're doing okay then, huh? They're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and they particularly raising to rates to 25% late fees and over-limit charges and everything else. Uh, yeah, they just wanted to do greater. <laughs> we shouldn't have too many crocodile tears for the credit card companies. Huh? <laughs> not too many. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Let's get into the bankruptcy handbook a little bit. Uh, if you can, kind of give an overview of the process if people are going to go into bankruptcy and, and, you know, how they kind of do I mean, you obviously go into it in much more detail in the book, but just give people who've never kind of gone into that direction kind of okay. how the whole system works. Just, just how, how it works. What happens is you first have to get that certificate to allow you to apply. Please try to get it earlier so you can actually get some counseling. Uh, but once you have that certificate uh, and you bring that to an attorney, it, what the attorney is looking at is the bad things that are happening to you, like foreclosures, repossessions, uh, uh, garnishment of wages, so the attorney wants to file that as quickly as possible uh, with the court, and the reason is that as soon as you file it, the court issues what they call the automatic stay that stops all creditor activity against you. That means you get some immediate relief because it'll stop a foreclosure, garnishment of wages, wages repossession, it'll even stop the IRS uh, from going after you. Then depending on the chi- kind of bankruptcy you're in, if you or if you qualify for a Chapter 7 liquidation bankruptcy, which is you're going to get most, not all your debts, but most of your debts wiped out, uh, then what will happen is within uh, six weeks to eight weeks, you will have what they call a creditor's meeting. Uh, you'll go down to that meeting with your attorney. It takes about five minutes. 
The trustee is going to look at all of the documents that you file in the case. There's a bunch of questions that you have to ask about your financial affairs. Uh, uh, and what the attorney is, I mean, the trustee is looking for is to determine if there's any assets that you own that can be liquidated and the money applied towards your debt. After that meeting, uh, you have issues about whether you're going to reaffirm some of your debts, uh, which means that you're going to want to keep those, like, for instance, a car. You may want to reaffirm your car and keep making payments so it comes out of the bankruptcy and you still have the car. And then uh, probably uh, two or three months later, there's a discharge in the case where most of your debts are, are discharged, and then you can start your financial life over. In the Chapter 13 reorganization, the only change in that is that uh, once you go to the creditors' meeting, uh, and at that time, uh, the trustee, that kind of trustee, is looking at whether or not you are paying all you can afford in a reorganization plan that lasts three to five years. Uh, about two or three weeks after that creditor's meeting, there's a confirmation hearing in front of the judge, and then your plan to repay your debt is approved, and you're paying each month the amount of money towards your debt, what you can afford to pay, uh, not necessarily 100%. And at the end of your plan, then whatever debts are not paid will be discharged. Do most people make it through a Chapter 13 without going to 7? You know, it's amazing, but uh, there's a big failure right in Chapter 13s. Uh, it's like uh, something like 50% of the people fail in Chapter 13s, and then they have to convert to a Chapter 7. Uh, and the reason is that uh, they the, the court is very... Uh, uh, they're very clear about the idea of you paying everything you can afford. So you literally are living right at the edge, paying everything you can afford towards your debts. And because there's uh, not any wiggle room, not uh, any buffer, then as you live through that three to five years of your plan and life catches up with you with problems like a sick child or a, a motor burning up in your car or a job loss, then, then as much as you intend to pay everybody, you find yourself that you can't. Mm. I mean, a life circumstances catch up with you, and you find yourself in, in a bad situation. Now, they allow, if that's a temporary situation, they allow for modifications where you can modify your plan. But a lot of times uh, people uh, say because of major medical problems, they just can't recover enough, uh, and they can no longer afford to pay in their Chapter 13 plan. Do you need a, a bankruptcy lawyer, or can you just basically get your book, the Bankruptcy Handbook, or one of these bankruptcy kits, like from Nolo Press or something like that, and pretty much do it yourself? No, I, I would not recommend that. Uh, I, I recommend in my book that you hire a professional. I, I tell you what, it is so complicated now. You will lose so many rights if you try to do it yourself. It, it's really kind of scary. And, and one of the consolations you should know about, there's two things. One is, say that you file Chapter 13. You're worried about attorney's fees. In most cases, the attorney's fees are added into your plan, most of them, uh, and they're stretched out with other creditors, so you don't have to come up with everything at once in a Chapter 13 situation. The other thing is that bankruptcy is the only area of the law where you have to report to the, the attorney has to report to the judge what was charged. The trustee and the judge reviews uh, what was charged, and if an attorney is overcharging, they will force the attorney to give money back. And because the attorneys know that they're under that scrutiny, they don't overcharge. So are you finding people are trying to do it themselves, save money, and in fact it, it ends oh, up yeah. backfiring on them? 
Yeah, it's a big problem for the courts. In fact, uh, in my area right right here in just the Houston area, it's the Southern District of Texas, you know, last year they had something like 1,500, 1,800 uh, pro se filers, people that try to do it th- themselves. And, in fact, the court is trying to find a way to deal with that because, uh, unfortunately, the people will get into the, the case, see how complicated it is, and then their case starts to falter. The judges don't want to dismiss them uh, because they're not following all the rules, and so they're trying to find ways to tend to these people. But, in fact, a lot of times uh, the cases just get dismissed. Now, the problem with that <coughs> is that refiling a bankruptcy after it's been dismissed like that, the automatic stay is only available for 30 days, uh, and which means that uh, you know, unless you go in there and convince the judge to extend the automatic stay, on the second filing, uh, in 30 days, all your creditors can go ahead and foreclose and repossess. Wow. So it really makes sense to get a professional in these Oh, absolutely. And particularly since the new 2005 law, it's even gotten more complicated, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's difficult for attorneys. I mean, it's very, very much more complicated than it was. As I understand, an individual. One, I just, one of the uh, new parts of the law was that the bankruptcy lawyer has to attest that all the numbers are accurate. Is that correct? And that, that they're, they're kind of on the hook and they're, they're worried that, about that? They're absolutely on the hook, and they do worry about that. Uh, you know, so what they're doing is they're requiring the debtor to verify more uh, information uh, before they file the petition with the court, uh, which, you know, before you just uh, accepted the word of the consumer. Now that there is uh, a risk of liability for the attorney, the attorney is actually doing some investigation themselves. In fact, it's, it spawned a whole area of... Uh, uh, resources for bankruptcy attorneys to look into, you know, what property a person owns, is this all their debt? So what, uh, what happens if somebody's lying, they underestimate their, uh, their assets, overstate their debts, underestimate their income, you know, and, and it finds out they're not being truthful? What happens in a case like that? Well, uh, you know, of course now they're trying to uh, make sure the uh, bankruptcy attorney catches that uh, right away. But let's say that it does happen. I mean, it happened before, not much. I I would say, you know, like 1% of the people uh, did not report all their assets and things like that. But they have a mechanism in court where uh, a bankruptcy judge, if they found out about this, there's a couple options for that judge. One is they could dismiss the, the bankruptcy with prejudice so that the person is not protected at all. And if they think it was intentionally done, that the, the uh, consumer was hiding assets so they didn't have to reveal it, that's a bankruptcy crime, and what they would do is refer that to the attorney general's office for prosecution. Wow. So you really have to, <laughs> as painful as it may be, you really have to tell the truth in this case, right? Oh, absolutely. It'd be foolish not to. And, uh, you know, I, I know some uh, bankruptcy attorneys who have it on their desk, a little sign on their desk, explaining what a bankruptcy crime is and the consequences if you don't tell the full truth about your assets, and your uh, debt. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'd like to be clear, people, what the effect of having a bankruptcy, either a 7 or a 13, is on your credit report. You know, it, <laughs> this is another thing that's changed. You know, I got to witness it over the past 30 years. It used to be terrible, but now, actually, within 18 months, you can uh, start rebuilding your credit. Wow. Okay, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Ventura. Uh, who's got a new book out called The Bankruptcy Handbook. He's also got another one out called Managing Debt for Dummies. 
Uh, he's a professor at the University of Houston Law School, a real expert on debt. And we'll be back after this. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winner know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on the bottom line in business voice america business You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who's got a new book out called Managing Debt for Dummies. He's also got another book out called The Bankruptcy Handbook, Everything you need to know about avoiding bankruptcy, getting rid of debt, and rebuilding your credit. Welcome back to the show, John. Thanks, George. We were talking about recovering from bankruptcy and and how it affects your credit uh, score and your credit report. Uh, This apparently is different now after the 2005 law than before. Tell us uh, how how that affects your credit. Well, it's amazing. You know, before, uh, there was this big stigma about filing bankruptcy, and really the, the road back to new credit and good credit was a long one. It used to be that it would take you years uh, to rebuild your credit. Now, uh, and, and part of this is because of the credit industry itself, uh, literally you can go through a bankruptcy, get a discharge, and within 18 months be able to buy a car or a house. And, and the way this works now is that the credit community saw an opportunity in all those people coming out of bankruptcy to offer them new credit uh, at really high rates because they were uh, uh, risky loans. And so in doing that, 
uh, what they set up is uh, the ability for people to put new good credit information on their credit history, and that was the key. Uh, it, we have gone from uh, creditors looking at credit reports to now uh, creditors uh, deciding about credit based on a credit score. Very few companies now look at your credit report. They look at your credit score. Now, your score is going to be hurt. If you have a bankruptcy on this, supposedly for seven years, it's going to hurt your score. You're saying yeah. that's not true anymore? You know, the way the, the uh, scoring works, uh, it doesn't hurt it like for seven years or ten years. It's actually uh, uh, bankruptcy is on your credit report for ten years. But the way the system works, the way they figure out the, the credit score, the older bad information is, in other words, as bad information recedes into the past, your credit score rises. Mm-hmm. And if you put in good information uh, into your credit history, like new loans that you keep up, that also raises your credit score. And and by concentrating on, on the elements of raising your credit, credit score, you can have it jump uh, in, in, uh, you know, in 18 months. And one of the ways to do that is uh, go to the originators of the credit score, uh, uh, FICO, which is the Farrah Isaac company, and their website is www.myfico.com, and look at what it takes to increase your credit score. They'll tell you. Uh, They'll tell you things like if you get new credit, uh, one of the things you want to make sure is that you pay on time each month because 30% of your score has to do with you paying on time each month. So if you're recovering from bank, you've just gone through bankruptcy, you've just come out of it, what is the first step, even for the first 18 months, do you don't take out secured credit cards, or what are the ways you reestablish yeah, things? Yeah, uh, that's one of the ways. Uh, the first thing you do is get a copy of your credit reports, uh, and you can get them free. You can go to www.annualcreditreports.com. Uh, you're entitled to one free report from each of the credit bureaus. Uh, get, a, get your credit, bureau, uh, credit reports. The first thing you do is challenge... Uh, uh, negative information that's incorrect. Uh, you'll most likely find a lot of that. You'll also want to make sure that the credit, comp- uh, the credit bureau knows that you've gone through bi- bankruptcy and gotten a discharge so that the amount that's owed that shows on your credit report is re- reduced down to zero because you don't owe it anymore. Uh, these things are going to automatically help you increase your credit score. Uh, and then uh, uh, there's two ways of getting new credit. One is uh, you can go to uh, uh, websites, websites like uh, bankrate.com, uh, credit.com, uh, any of these, and they will recommend secured credit cards uh, that you can get. Uh, and basically you put up, say, $500, you, you're given a MasterCard or Visa, and you have a $500 limit. And uh, by using that card and paying it on time, you literally can affect your credit score on a daily basis, and your credit score will go up because of that. And the very fact, the other 30% of uh, that score relates to how much money you owe compared to the credit you've gotten that you have. And uh, in, if you've gone through a bankruptcy and you wipe <coughs> out all your debt, and then you get new credit that has credit limits, then that's going to make your score go up because the amount of credit you have. Uh, compared to what you owe, is going to be a minimal amount. So you're, you're saying that this is the way it's supposed to work, but in fact, uh, often the debt is not wiped out of your credit report. You have to make sure it is actually taken, taken care of. This does that, not happen automatically, is that it, correct? It, it doesn't happen automatically, and you have to make sure it happens uh, to get the benefit of being able to influence your credit score and make it go up. 
So do you get copies of your bankruptcy papers and send those into the credit bureaus, or how do you make sure that gets done? Yeah, what you do is at the end of the bankruptcy, you get a, a discharge order, which is an order signed by the judge saying that your bankruptcy is over and the debts have been wiped out. You take a copy of that and a copy of a, the list of all the creditors that were in your bankruptcy. They're in your schedules. And you send those to the credit bureaus with a request that they show that the debts have been discharged and that the amount owed is zero, not whatever was owed before. Mm-hmm. And then the, at that point, they're supposed to take care of it. Yes, they're supposed to take care of it. Uh, you need to follow up. Uh, I recommend people look at their credit reports you know, every six months for a couple of reasons. One, to make sure that the information is correct. They've changed things that you've asked them to change. The other thing is that identity theft is such a big problem in the United States that you need to find that you need to be checking to make sure nobody's charging and applying credit that you didn't get to your credit report, which is another thing that could, uh, you know, scuttle your credit score. Let's just step back from it. We have a few few minutes to go here. The credit crunch is going on in Wall Street here. We just had Bear Stearns get taken over for $2 a share when it was $60 a share three days before. Unbelievable. Um, huge credit crunch going on. What is the effect of this going to be on the credit community, on Americans, and the way they uh, file bankruptcy and the kind of debts they're able to take on going forward here? Well, I think on generally for consumers in America, uh, it's going to take a lot more higher credit scores in order to get the a good credit that you want to be able to buy things like a house or car and all the rest of it. They're going to demand more of you. Uh, and uh, for uh, what we're going to see in bankruptcies, I think we're going to see a continual increase in the number of bankruptcies because there's a certain amount of people in the United States, and I, I'm, I heard it was at least 70% of the people in the United States who live paycheck to paycheck who are not protected from bad things that happen in their lives, and I think that uh, as those uh, adjustable rate mortgages go up, we're going to see many of those people filing bankruptcy. Uh, you know, for the credit community, uh, maybe it's a, uh, a sober uh, analysis of how they were doing business, you know. Uh, everybody was making money. It was uh, loose. It was fast. It was profitable for everybody. But all the good sense credit uh, uh, markers, in other words, the idea of, of, of giving credit uh, in a wise way just seemed to go right out the door. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that w- with more bankruptcies, more foreclosures, higher credit scores needed, that it's, it's, the credit crunch is going to continue to intensify. This isn't getting better right now. It's getting worse. It is getting worse. And, you know, uh, I know we have a lot of people say, uh, you know, it's going to be better this coming year and all the rest. Um, you know, I, I have a very narrow view of that. I, I My view is of the bankruptcy community, the people that uh, uh, reach the end of their ropes and all the rest of it. And, and from a 30-year perspective, this is the worst I've ever seen it. And I don't, and I'm talking to bankruptcy professionals every day, I don't see it getting better for a couple of years. Yeah. Terrific. All right, well, just want to, as we close here, I tell people about your, your books. You have the Bankruptcy Handbook, which is everything you need to know about bankruptcy, getting rid of debt, and rebuilding your credit, and Managing Debt for Dummies, two very important books in an era where the whole debt community is really changing pretty dramatically. Oh. Thanks so much for being on the show, John. You've really been terrific. Thanks, Jordan. And we'll be back again next week.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.